This year, kind of diving into um, different kind of a series, talking about uh, uh, being empowered, amen, and uh, talking about a year of empowerment, you know, of growth and development, and, and uh, so uh, last week uh, uh, talked about uh, a willing heart, amen, being willing. How many know just being willing is, is a big thing? Come on, if you're willing and obedient, eat the good of the land, amen? Praise God. So if you're willing and not obedient, you're probably not. Come on, somebody. Or if you're not willing and obedient, you're probably not. Because some people, you know, obey grumbling. A grumble obedient person. That just doesn't seem to work. But anyway, sometimes it happens, you know. And uh, so we're talking about the power of willingness and being willing, amen, to just honor God in the sense of hearing and obeying and walking it out. Praise God. And uh, so anyway, that's what we talked about last week. And this week, uh, we're going uh, to dive in first and foremost to Philippians chapter 3, Philippians 3. And I'm going to talk today about, uh, you know, letting your past go. Are you with me? Hallelujah. How I many know oh, that'd be a good thing to do? Amen. Uh, you know, a lot of times people don't uh, understand the power of that, but... Uh, um, I touched on this just briefly in our uh, Holy Ghost and Fire uh, night, uh, last one, and just because uh, just the Spirit of God had already been talking to me about this, and, and uh, it's amazing uh, how many people can't move forward because they're too busy clinging to their past. Are you with me? Um, how many know that you are not your history? You are who He says you are. You are not your past. You are who he says you are. You are not your mistake. You are who he says you are. Are you with me? You are not anything back there. Amen. Because the word says you're a new creation. Amen. Where old things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. Amen. Based on what Christ did. Amen. Isn't that a good news? So with that said... Uh, Philippians 3, please, and we'll read the text a little bit. I've got two main texts that I want to kind of go to today and uh, believe that we'll uh, get through that and get you out of here, you know, sometime before 4 o'clock today. And uh, no, no, just kidding. Our visitors are like, what? No, we'll get you out of here. Get you out of here hopefully before noon. How's that? Or Anyway, we'll leave it alone. Praise the Lord. Didn't get a lot of support on that one either. All right, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Philippians 3, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Philippians 3, verse 12 says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. In other words, I haven't arrived yet, but I press on. Everybody say, press on. Hallelujah. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, the purpose and the calling of my life. I'm going to lay hold of what it is. But the only way you're going to lay hold of it is if you're going to press forward. Are you still with me? All right. Behold... I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. In other words, if you're going to be mature, if you're going to grow up, amen, this is something that's got to get alive in you. All right? So let us have this mind, and if anything else, uh, or anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us also what? Let us 
walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. In other words, there are certain things that we have and, and getting a hold of, and he says you don't let go of that, you keep growing in that. But he says in this text here that there's a key, if you're going to receive and walk in who you are, if you're going to be empowered, let's just use our maybe our theme for the year, if we're going to be empowered like we should, if we're going to grow and develop like we should, then you're going to have to be willing to press forward. I said you're going to have to be willing to press forward. Uh, if you ain't willing to press forward, then chances are you're not going to go forward. What a, what a deep, deep concept, amen? Amen, it's deep, right? But anyway, uh, the point is this. It's hard to go forward when you're constantly dragging everything from the past. We don't live by watching through uh, the rearview mirror. We live by looking through the windshield. Come on, somebody. We move forward. We leave yesterday behind. We leave yesteryear behind. We leave yesterdecade behind. Come on, somebody. Why? Because we're moving forward. Why? Because we're growing up. Why? Because we're developing. Why? Because we want to be empowered. Why? Because we want all that God has for us. Why? We want to be all God called us to be. Why? We want to fulfill everything we're called to fulfill. Why? So we can hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anybody want to hear those words? I want to hear those words. Well, the only way you're going to hear those words is if you're willing to move forward. And there ain't a whole lot of moving forward when we're constantly dragging everything behind us. Come on now. Are you still with me? No sense dragging that mess with us. So praise the Lord. Let's take a look at some of this. Verse 12 again. Not that I have already attained. I, Paul's letting it be known. We're talking about a man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, man, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't got everything down yet. You know, I've still got to press forward. i still got to grow in some things. But he said, I'm, I'm doing it. Why? So I can lay hold of what I've been called to do. I've been lay hold of what I'm destined for. I'm going to lay hold of my purpose. Amen. I'm going to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. There's a reason. Amen. There's a purpose. Amen. Verse 13, please. He says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do. Now, I'm just going to, uh, you know, I can't ever read this text without going to this. And the word I do here is italicized. It's not even in the text. Uh, but the writer, uh, translator, pardon me, uh, you know, put it in there thinking it would, it would kind of help uh, with the understanding of it. But in all honesty, it's not there. And all punctuation is added by the privilege of a translator. Um, so in all honesty, what Paul brings up here is he said, I count myself to have apprehended but one thing. And the one thing I got down. This one thing, I can tell you, I got it down. Come on. This is what I got down. I know how to forget those things that are behind me. I know how to press forward and grab hold of what's for me. And if you look at this man's life, you know doggone well that's exactly what happened. This boy understood that his past is the past. Amen. And if anybody, amen, maybe uh, you know, made a few folks nervous. Come on, somebody. If there's anybody that maybe did a few mistakes along the way, if there's anybody that maybe did something and made some decisions he should have never made, it was Paul. But Paul says... That stuff don't bother me. Don't hold me back no more. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Paul had a revelation of being the righteousness of God, being in a place of right standing with God based on what Christ did. Amen. And the only way you can walk in that in its entirety, praise God, is by being willing to let go of some of that stuff back there. Otherwise, you spend your whole life condemned, your whole life under shame, regret. Come on, somebody. And so you got to be willing to let go of some things. Now, the thing in the past, it isn't always just 
uh, bad things or, or uh, you know, these nasty things or these little mistakes and stuff. Sometimes, sometimes some of us got a good past back there. Some people still live in the past because they say, I just wish it was like it used to be. Well, that ain't how it's going to be. Come on now, things change, things shift, things happen. Come on, somebody. You got to be willing to move forward and, and grow up and, and be willing to, uh, you know, to stand your ground regardless of what comes your way. Come on, somebody. And uh, so you have to, you know, when you're talking about letting go of those things behind, it isn't always just bad things. Sometimes there are some great things back there, you know. Uh, how about this? You know, uh, you know we, we all, uh, you know, maybe uh, depending on how we were raised, maybe we have a great family, maybe we don't. Um, maybe we were loved and, and uh, you know, and, and respected and, uh, you know, and, and hugged all the time and, and all that, but not everybody was. Some people have good parents. Some people uh, don't know who their parents are. Are you still with me? But regardless of the good or the bad, come on, somebody, or the ugly, come on, somebody, uh, you know, we put that behind us. I got awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, depending on uh, who our family is and stuff, we have a tendency to, you know, we go back there and, uh, you know, think, well, you know, it's our, you know, that's, that's our lineage. Well, um, now, you know, there's some things about that that's kind of interesting and all that, but uh, regardless, you're a new creation. You're now of a different family, a different kingdom. Come on, somebody. Now, we're not downing grandpa. We're not downing grandma. Come on, somebody. Or Uncle Tom, for that matter. Well, maybe Uncle Tom. But anyway, the point is, amen, we're not bad-mouthing our relatives. Amen. What we're saying is it doesn't matter what's in our past. How good, bad, or indifferent doesn't matter. What matters is where I'm headed. What matters is who I am in Christ. Amen. What matters is who I am as, a, as the righteousness of God, as a new creation, as an overcomer, a conqueror, praise God, as redeemed, as forgiven, praise God. That's who I am, praise God. I'm a man of God going somewhere, praise God, to fulfill the plan of God. Amen. Can I hear somebody in the house? Are you somebody going somewhere to happen, praise God? Amen. Doing something for God. Amen. Well, that's how it is. So if we're going to be doing that, we've got to be willing to let the things behind us let go of them. Amen. Put the baggage behind. Move forward, praise God. Are you still with me? All right. I don't know. I might have lost a few of you in that one. But here's how it works, all right? I, I've got this down, Paul says. I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize. Amen. For, the, for that upward call of God. In other words, that purpose, that calling again. Amen. I'm reaching for that. Amen. I'm going to be and fulfill all that I'm supposed to fulfill. So he says you got to press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. Now, a lot of times I've done studying this, and I don't really have time to go into it too deep because of where we've got to go with this today. But, you know, when you look at the, uh, the word goal and the word prize, the word prize is dealing with long, uh, long term. The word goal is actually dealing with short term. Okay, and the reason being is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know when, we're, when we're moving forward, it's always good to have short-range goals and long-range goals. Amen. Come on, somebody. And really, the first ones are a deal. Actually, the, the, the Greek, or pardon me, the uh, old King James uses the word mark, if I'm not mistaken. I press toward the mark. The best thing I can think of, I don't know, this is probably pretty weak, but the best thing I can think of is like a bowling alley. 
I know, isn't that weak? And I hate bowling. But anyway, I'm uh, not much of a bowler. But I do know that the good bowlers, they, they don't necessarily look at the pins. They look at the marks. Because they know that if they hit the marks right, come on, it'll eventually hit the pins right. Are you still with me? And sometimes in our own life, amen, we press toward the marks. Amen. There are short, short range goals that we have in our life. And we just learn to move forward. Sometimes when you're looking at the long term, you have a tendency to go, oh, am I ever going to get there? Right? And a lot of people give up halfway there, you know, or partway there. But if you learn to have some short-range goals, it helps, praise God. All right, so enough said of that. Sometime we'll go through and dive into that a little deeper. But the key that I want to look at today is the fact that we got to let go of these things yesterday. Are you still with me? There is no pressing forward when you're not letting go of things behind you. All right, and we're talking about empowerment. It's hard to be empowered when you can't even move forward. Are you still with me? We let everything, uh, you know, pull us back or weigh us down or bog us down or distract us, however you want to look at it, all kinds of ways of looking at it. Uh, but it has a tendency uh, to really just bottom line, it begins to dictate your life. Okay, so all of a sudden here you are called with great potential, great purpose, great calling, all right, because you have a great God. Come on, somebody. And because of that, you can, you can do things, amen. You can go places. You can be uh, great things, amen. And the problem is we can't because we're too busy throwing the backpack over our shoulder of all of yesterday's, uh, you know, things and issues and problems and mistakes. And come on, somebody. We got shame. We got regret. We got all the kind of things that, that just basically bog you down. And so it affects the outcome. Still with me? Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to get empowered. All right. So the only way to get empowered, and I shouldn't say the only way, but one key way to be empowered is you've got to be willing to let go of some things behind you. Are you still with me? All right. With that said, we're going to go to the book of Revelations, chapter 12, please. Revelations 12. Amen. Revelations, chapter 12. Like I said, I got a specific thing I want to deal with today. Amen. And maybe in time as we get into this, who knows? We'll see how the Lord does it. But uh, we might go a little deeper in some of that stuff out of Philippians there. But uh, I want to talk about, um, you know, this stuff that has a tendency to hang us up. In uh, Revelations 12, please, verse 7. Uh, and it says this, and, the, and war broke out in heaven, Michael and, the, and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon uh, and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Say amen to that. Amen. All right. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, just in case you want to know who he's talking about, and uh, the one who deceives the whole world. And he was cast to the earth. Everybody say to the earth. Okay. So he's no longer allowed in heaven. He's been cast now to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now, everybody say now. now. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has, past tense, been cast down. 
He's no longer allowed in heaven to do that. But at one time, based because of what Adam did, come on, Adam committed high treason, handed everything over to the enemy. He had access. He had access before the Father. He didn't have right to the throne, but he had access, amen, to bellyache, moan and groan about you and me and everybody else. Come on, somebody. Come on. Jesus came along, paid a price. There was redemption. Come on, somebody. Price was paid for your forgiveness. Price was paid for all mankind, not just those who receive Him, but for all mankind. Now, those who receive Him, of course, get in on the benefits of it. Come on. But He died for all mankind. Are you still with me? Okay. So, again, He buys back, purchases everything back. The war breaks out. They're then cast because there's no way they're going to, there ain't no way they're going to beat God. Come on, somebody. And so anyway, they're cast down. So uh, it says then in verse uh, 11 then, talking about those down, talking about you and me, all right, those that have been accused. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, right? So, uh, you know, why? Because he's been cast down. But, uh-oh, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Now, I don't know if you know that yet. You're still on earth. Now, I know you're, you know, you're uh, you have a whole new creation and a whole new kingdom. Uh, and uh, you're no longer of, the Word says, you're no longer of the world, but you're still in it. Come on, somebody. So while we're still here on planet earth, amen, uh, he says, Woe to those, uh, to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows, come on, that he has a short time. Now, I've read the end of the book, and it does say we win. Look at your neighbor and say, Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we win. Praise God. But woe to those, to the inhabitants of the earth. Okay, why? Well, because the accuser who used to stand before God and constantly accuse day and night God's people. Well, your people always, and how come they this? And what about this? And they're doing this and all this. And what about that? So that's why all of heaven's rejoicing because they finally got that murmuring, griping, complaining creature out of there. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth because the guy is still around. Are you still with me? He still accuses day and night. He just can't do it to the Father. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Now, for whatever it's worth, um, Jesus said... uh, in John 8, uh, Jesus uh, talking to the woman caught in adultery, um, you know, the whole scenario with the, uh, they brought her thinking that he's gonna, they're going to trip him up and all this kind of stuff. And, of course, you know, he who without sin cast the first stone, and, of course, they all realized he, he got him again. So they all left one by one. The Word says their conscience, uh, you know, uh, they were convicted because of what he said. So they left. And so then he addresses the, uh, the young woman and says, uh, you know, um, uh, where's your accusers? 
And she goes, well, uh, they're all gone. I, he says, well, neither do I accuse you. But go and sin no more. In other words, go about your life. I ain't condemning you. I'm not accusing you. I'm not condemning you. But I'm telling you, don't do it anymore. Otherwise, you end up with this mess again. Because there's always a consequence to, to mistakes and sin and all that kind of yuck. Come on, somebody. So we're not condoning, and the things we're talking about today, we're not condoning any kind of sin, and we're not condoning mistakes. Amen. But we're telling you that, he, you know, there ain't a person in this room, a person watching or listening by Internet, who hadn't made a mistake. We hadn't done something, you know, wrong. And, and, me, and, and probably ain't a person had hadn't sinned. Sometimes sin and mistakes can be two different things. You know, all sin is mistakes, but not all mistakes are sin. That's the truth. All right, because sometimes they just didn't know. But sin is to know to do good and not to do it. So, you know, I'm pretty sure probably everybody, yeah, knew it somewhere along the line. They shouldn't have done that, and they did it anyway. Everybody go tisk tisk. So we're not condoning any of this. But what we are saying, that if you're ever going to move forward, you're going to be willing to, you're going to have to be willing to let go of some of that mess. Are you still with me? So, the reason I brought up this text is because we have an enemy who will constantly try to remind you of your past. He's pretty good at it. He's been doing it for a lot of years, day and night. Are you hearing me? He's pretty good at it. So let's go up and take a quick look at some of this and maybe do a little word study before I let you out of here. And um, let's kind of go, you know, verse 9, okay? He already says that he's been, he's been found and, and cast down. Uh, so verse 9 says this, uh, so the great dragon. Now, the, the word dragon here, drakon, uh, 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 I think is how, it's, how it, uh, the Greek word is. And it just means, literally means an astonishing serpent, okay? Uh, which means that, you know, he was, it was quite, quite to behold, um, you know, but it goes on to say that serpent of old, the word serpent here is ophos, okay, which means then a malicious, cunning snake. So in other words, he might have been something to behold, but he was vicious. He was cunning. And he is a snake. Now, we're just doing this because you have to understand who we're talking about. He didn't stop being cunning or vicious, or malicious, come on somebody, or a snake. Okay, so he defines him. He's called the devil, Diablos, okay, which means a false accuser, which means a slanderer, okay? Now, it's, it's all worthy of bringing this out. He's also called Satan, so it doesn't matter what you want to call him, these are some of his names, okay? He's a snake. He's a serpent. He's, he's the devil. His name is Satan. San, I think uh, that word for Satan is Santanus, okay? Once you get the word Satan out of it. But again, it means accuser. All right? And it says this accuser. Okay, this false accuser, this slander, this malicious, cunning snake. Deceives the whole world. He deceives. 
He manipulates. And he tries the whole world. The problem, see, we have is he does this to the whole world. The problem is we got the church buying in on it. So then the church goes on and conducts life and lives life no different than the world, even though you got the greater one on the inside, even though you're heaven bound. Come on, somebody, because we're not taking away your salvation. But we got a lot of believers who've been deceived and continue to be deceived by this snake, this slanderer, this false accuser. He deceives. Still with me? All right. So the word deceive, let's you know, look at it real quick. The word deceive means to seduce astray. Now hang on. It means to cause to roam or to wander from safety or from the way of truth. Now hang on, because this, this is what he does. He deceives, so he tries to seduce you to jump on another road. See, there's a road to take. We've talked about this many times, even, even not too long ago we dealt with some of this. Amen. But there's a road to get on. And if you stay on that road, you move forward and you get empowered by God on a daily basis. So what the enemy does, because he knows that's the road you're supposed to be on, but if I can somehow seduce you, into coming over on this other road, I can hang up your life and even your purpose and the power you can walk in and your great potential will all be hindered because you got seduced off the right road onto another road. And it's on that road that the world is still going down. The problem is he's got some church folk Seduced on to go to take the same road. And so what happens is we don't end up with any different life, come on somebody, than what the world has. We're never being empowered like we're supposed to. We don't walk in our power and authority and dominion. We don't walk in our uh, potential because we're too busy being seduced, being deceived. Still with me? All right. Now, uh, I think we'll go ahead uh, and throw this in. Uh, put the Ephesians 6, 11. Uh, we might have used this even the other day. Um, of course, we don't have time to go into all this, but talking about putting on the armor of God. But he says, you put on the whole armor of God. Why? Well, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the scheming and the plotting. One translation says, the evil strategies of the accuser. That's pretty good. The word wiles, methodia, which means a road traveled. Okay, so when you start thinking about this road, it's really talking about in the mind. We don't, and again, I'm not going to go down that road too deep, but, but the idea is that the enemy tries to always get you to start thinking down this other road. And the problem is because our whole life we've been identified with our past, and all of a sudden you come into the kingdom and it's a whole new ballgame. But the enemy still wants to deceive you into thinking that your identity is based on your past. So he keeps you going down that same road. See, it's a method, a method. It's a, it's a way of deception to keep you off the right road. Still with me? 
Put another one up there. Let's put the 2 Corinthians 2. Um, I believe it's verse 11. Thank you. And, of course, coming in context uh, of everything he's dealing with, talking about, uh, you know, letting go of some things. He said, lest Satan should take advantage of us. How I many know he could take advantage of you? Now, this is talking to the church. See, the enemy, the deceiver, come on, the manipulator, the uh, slanderer, right? Come on, the false accuser wants to try to take advantage of you, all right? But it says here, Paul said, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, but, but some people are ignorant. He's saying, I'm not ignorant of it. And there's some of us that are not ignorant, but there are a lot of people who are. Okay, so the word devices, uh, it, it deals with thoughts, but it literally, when you break it down, it means head games, mental trips. Come on, somebody, because that's how the enemy works. So he deceives. Now, we have to, we have to bring all that out. He, he deceives by bringing up things. You're trying to move forward in God, but he keeps reminding you of that thing you did yesteryear. Or maybe the thing you did yesterday. And some of you are stinkers. I know you did something yesterday. Sometimes, right? Sometimes we've been serving God. Some of us have been serving God for decades and still hang, hung up on something that happened way before we got saved. And you can't move forward because you're too busy dragging that backpack of garbage with you. Still with me? Okay, so let's go back to Revelation chapter 12 again. And let's go to uh, verse, uh, let's see here, probably verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. It says he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, the thing is, he's still accusing. He's no longer allowed in heaven. And the Father isn't accusing you. Come on. But he still accuses. Sometimes, you know, it's, uh, you know, he, uh, he gets caught up accusing other people to you. Come on. So pretty soon you're, come on, caught up into his game. Come on. But I am primarily today dealing with the accusations that he hits you with about you. Okay, that's my focus today, all right? I'm not, you know, saying that there isn't more beyond it, but I'm talking about right now, I want you to be empowered. I want you to come in to your potential, your power, the authority and dominion that you're called to walk in as a believer. But if you're not willing to let go of some things, then it's hard to empower you. In fact, you're going to find in most places you're never going to be empowered. Now, you're going to heaven. I'm not taking away your salvation in that sense. I'm not taking away your, your trip to heaven one day. But I am saying it sure be nice to get a hold of it all right now so you can walk in it now and not have to wait till you get to heaven. Come on, somebody. And live like hell on earth. That's, that's not how it's meant to be. Are you still with me? Okay. So he's still accusing. He still manipulates. He still says things and does things, trying to pull things up. All right. So uh, he was cast. Let's go to verse 10 now. Let's take a look at this. He says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom uh, of our God 
and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren, our brethren, have accused, uh, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And as we've said, we've read, amen, of course, we know where he is now. He's still down here doing the same thing. The problem is he's no longer going to God. But what he tries to do, he tries to get, you know, he can't get God to condemn you. So he tries to get your heart to condemn you. The word heart, cardia, is uh, where we get the word cardio. Um, uh, it, it means uh, center, core, or middle. Um, it doesn't, it's not referring to the blood pump, but the core, the center of an individual. Uh, it literally means the seat of control. Now, that's important, all right? Uh, the seat of control. Um, so you have to understand that somebody's going to sit in that seat, And we have to determine who's going to sit in that seat. Are we going to let our Lord sit in that seat or the enemy? Now, I'm not, again, I'm not taking away your salvation. I'm not saying that because the enemy takes that place that you're now devil-possessed. Some of you act like it, but no, just, just messing with you. But you have to understand... See, the, the, the heart, the cardio, the, the center, the core, the seat of control is really, in a sense, it's the will of man. Jesus said everything comes out of the heart of man, everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Solomon said, he said, the, all the issues in life come out of the heart of man. So everything that comes, the good, the bad, I mean, those great things, those bad things, it all comes out of the heart because of who's sitting in that seat. And so... You know, we, we say we love God, and, and I, I believe really deep down, it's like, like we found out, uh, I think it was, uh, it must have been Wednesday night, I think it was, we talked about Peter, you know, and he said, uh, you know, you're all going to deny me, he said that, and Peter said, not me, man. I said, even those other boys, man, they, they can all fall and flop, but he said, not me, man, I'm with you, baby. Whew. Right, knuckle bump, right, come on, slap me five. Come on, I'm with you, Jesus, all the way, buddy. Even if i got to die for you, I will. And Jesus said, no, not so. So you're going to cave. Come on. And, uh, you know, he said, ah, it ain't going to happen. And, of course, you know, it wasn't but, what, probably, you know, maybe two hours later. And he did. And everything that Jesus said happened. And, of course, it, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, it affected him. And, uh, but the cool thing about it, just for the record, is uh, we have record then when Jesus was resurrected, one of the first places he went was to Peter. He went and found Peter. Why? Because he's a forgiver. Because he's not the accuser. Because Peter's out there now fishing because there ain't nothing else because he's just a loser anyway. He can't even do this Jesus stuff. Now I might as well just go back and fishing. Can't do anything else. I'm just a flop and a failure. And Jesus said, no, you're not. You're just somebody that made a mistake. But you're not your mistake. You are who I say you are. And you're not a failure. Come on, somebody. Now, the accuser probably, the accuser probably sat on Peter's boat <laughs> and reminded him daily, 
Man, you blew it. Woo! I don't think there's ever been a person that has blown it bigger than you. You're a big old flop. Boy, Peter. Woo! I wouldn't want to be you. Come on. Some of you have been, Peter. Some of you have been on that boat. And you go, I know it. I just can't do anything right. Right? Because the accuser is so good. He's a manipulator. He plays head games. And he'll pull you under. And the whole purpose is to get you off the road you belong on. By just manipulating you, by causing you to roam just a tad over onto this other road. Not even knowing that it's on this road that there's empowerment. On this road, you ain't got anything more than what the world has. And again, we're not taking away anybody's salvation. We're just saying that's how it is. So, uh, there's some keys here. If you go to verse, uh, I believe it's verse 10, it says this. Now, with a loud voice, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come. Why? Well, because the, the accuser's been cast down, it says. So you have to understand that it makes a way when the accuser's removed. I'm just, just work with me here. See, that never has changed. All of that's about empowerment. The word salvation here is the word soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A, which means total deliverance. It doesn't just mean a born-again experience. A born-again experience, what we always refer to as being saved, uh, the Greek word there is sozo, but it's, we refer to it you know, a lot of times, we just think when we talk about being saved, it's just talking about a born-again experience. That's just the tip of the iceberg. When you made Jesus Lord of your life, you were born again. Come on, somebody. You entered into a thing called salvation. But this word salvation means all-inclusive, wholeness, healing, preservation, safety, protection. Are you with me? It means deliverance, total deliverance. So it says now total deliverance can flow and move. Now strength, the word strength here is the word dunam, okay, or dunamis, depending, I don't know, I've... I've heard it both ways, so anyway, but it just, it means uh, force, strength, might, but it refers to miraculous power. Almost all your definitions of this word dynamos is miraculous power. So not only is total deliverance now rolling, has freedom to roll, now miraculous power has freedom. Still with me? The kingdom of our God, the word kingdom, uh, basilia, which means rule, reign, or realm, okay? So the rule, the reign, or the realm of our God. In other words, God's realm, I mean, it's all of a sudden, He has place. The power of His Christ, okay, the word Christ, of course, uh, Christ, which means anointed one, okay? But the word power here, another word, but this particular word power is exousia which means delegated authority. Come on. Amen. Are you still with me? Jurisdiction, another word for it. Okay. So he's talking about 
given him jurisdiction. So how does all of this happen? How does all of this come to pass? How does all this manifest? Well, get rid of the accuser. When the accuser sits over you and constantly brings up your past, your shame, your condemnation, your mistakes, all the things that, you know, what happens is God has no place because you're giving him place. But as soon as we cast out the accuser, as soon as we cast out uh, the, uh, the one that, that manipulates, the one that deceives, as soon as you dethrone him, somebody else can take that seat. And all of a sudden, something begins to happen. What, 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 what actually happens? Well, I'll tell you what happens. You got off this road. You got back on the road you belong. And now all of this has freedom to roll. It's all available. But when you're too busy listening to the accuser, God can't move in your life. Why? Because your heart is condemning you. Uh, put, I thought I gave you 1 John. Did I give you that one? Chapter 3. Put verse 20 and verse 21. We'll read them both. It says, For if our heart condemns us, well, obviously it can. God is greater than our heart. Look at your name and say, Praise ye the Lord. You know, we're not saying that you didn't make the mistake. And we're not saying that you're not worthy of condemnation or shame or guilt. We've all blown it, thus opened the door for that mess. But God is greater than our heart because Jesus paid a price for you and me. Now, let's go on. And all and know, look at God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Isn't that good news? Now that you know, not only does he know everything you've done, he knows everything you're about to do. <laughs> and what you're capable of doing. I mean, I mean, God knows it all, right? Okay, let's read verse 21 because then we gotta beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we then have what? confidence toward God. So what happens if your heart does condemn you? You don't have confidence toward God. Listen, this is a key. This is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. If we know that He hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Come on. Why? Because we have confidence in God. Because it's His promise. It's who He is. And when you're on the right road, you've got confidence. When you're on the wrong road, there's no confidence. Because your heart's constantly condemning you. But you're just trudging along. I'm still heading to heaven. Probably ain't going to see a lot happen anyway. But I'm going. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Now, there ain't a one of us that don't look forward to the day. But when, we're, when our whole life's about, come, 
Lord Jesus, come. Get me out of this place. How many know that's probably not a real conquering mentality? And the only way you get to that place is there's a lack of confidence in who you are in God and what He's doing and what He's done and what He's about to do. But when you're on the right road, you've got confidence in God. And all those things that are available manifest on your behalf. I mean, they always were available. It's just you got to get on the right road and not be deceived to roam from safety by an accuser. Listen, that's how, that's how manipulative it is. That's how deceiving it is. That's how, that's how this cunning, malicious snake is so good at saying, oh my God, you did what? <laughs> Come on, isn't that the truth? I mean, he talks you into it first. Then you do it. And he goes, oh, and you call yourself a Christian. What a hypocrite you are. Well, first off, a hypocrite doesn't mean somebody that makes a mistake. A hypocrite is somebody that goes along and tries to play a facade that they never make mistakes. But they'll get, he'll get you caught up into thinking, you're nothing but a hypocrite. And so what happens is there is no confidence toward God. Don't tell me you got confidence because you don't. Because you're already beating yourself up thinking you're worthy of nothing. And even though you're hearing great gospel truths from our awesome church, just thought we'd throw that out there, amen? It wouldn't hurt. It doesn't help you because you're too busy beating yourself up and sometimes even sitting there the whole time saying, man, that'd be cool to be able to have that. I wish that would happen for me. But I'm a flop. I constantly make mistakes. I can't ever seem to get this Jesus stuff down. There I went again, did it again. Do you know all habits, listen, all addictions are shame-based, all of them. And that, well, how does that, because you're over here, you're under something, you're on a wrong road, under something, come on, under a different something, come on, and it keeps you in that place you can't receive. But once you get on the other road, it's just, woo! And then we look at that and go, well, how come that guy, I mean, how come he got it? Well, he got on the right road. Well, I went on the right road, then tell you the devil to shut up. And get on the right road. Is that simple? Basically, you. Call yourself a Christian. Yes, I do. I'm a man of God. Hallelujah. Going somewhere to happen. Woo! Yeah, but you make mistakes. Woo! Praise God for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Woo! 
Oh, man, you're just getting away with all kinds of things. Nope, don't get away with nothing because God knows all things. Woo! Just moving forward. Hey! Ho! Let's go. Somebody says, you're just giving people a right to sin. No, we're not. You get on the right road, you'll be amazed at how much that yuck falls off. But when you're on this other road, it's hard to get rid of it because it just sticks to you. <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I love God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, come, Lord Jesus, come. <laughs> come on. You get over on this other road, it's like a bloop, 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 Just all falls off. You go. <laughs> Sorry, that's about all I can do. That's about it. That's it right there. <laughs> and so, you know, it ain't about condoning sin. It's not about justifying sin. It's about getting on the right road so sin falls off. Get authority over it. Put the right person on the seat. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he has a place to move. All of a sudden, he, has, he can direct and guide and lead. All of a sudden, you know, you get then that conviction when you're crossing and he said whoa out there oh don't say that well you know you're right lord i know better than that but you're on this other road it's like why not everybody else is saying it <laughs> well yeah but they're all of the world or worldly come on or deceived And they're getting what they say. So you get on this road, and all of a sudden, all that stuff, all them addictions. Listen, I, I chewed for years. I tried witnessing with chew running down my lips. I just want you to know the Lord will set you free from anything. Want to dip? But I'm on the right road. <gasps> no, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm on the right road. And I know who I am. And all of a sudden, one day, I loaded up. Man, I loaded it up. Boy, I loaded that lip. Now I'm cleaning my you know, lip, tongue, and teeth up to some of the loose tobacco and spit it. And just as I spit, the Spirit of God said, what are you doing? What do you mean? <laughs> right. I knew exactly what he was talking about. He says, here's what he said. He said, you're telling everybody I can set them free, but you don't seem too free. Well, how come the Lord talks to you like, because I got on the right road. Being on the right road don't mean that you don't make mistakes. Being on the right road means the Lord now has a place in your heart to begin to talk to you and communicate with you. Convict, come on somebody, lead, guide, direct when you're on the right road. So all of a sudden he said, you know, you tell everybody you're free and you don't seem too free. That little substance you put in your lip seems to have a hold on you. 
I could take you to the spot. I realized right then, I'm not, my God, you're right. And I spit it out, never had a dip since. And I, I mean, I chewed for years, and I was free. Are you with me? You're over here. you got people over here. And because they're still condemned and beat up all the time, well, I'm, I'm going to give up this tobacco stuff. That's what I'm going to do. Here I am, the Lord, talking to me about to getting over this tobacco stuff. He probably is talking to you about it. But you're too condemned. Come on. So every time you try to spit it out and say, I ain't doing another, you just get about an hour down the road and go, whew. Man, I need a dip. Need some tobacco. Come on, I'm not mocking or making fun of anybody. It's, I was there, but I remember being free, and it happened when, praise God, I made a decision to let him sit on that place in my heart. Why? Because I wasn't going to buy in to the accuser. Because when you're on this road, there is no confidence. No confidence toward God. So, I mean, even though God's offering everything, and He is, there's no confidence toward that. I can't receive that because I ain't worthy of that. Now, you may not voice that out your mouth, but that's what's working in your heart because your heart's condemning you. So, that's when you say, Devil, you're a liar. Doggone it. What, what are you doing? I'm looking for an overpass. Why? I'm going to change lanes. <laughs> I'm getting over here. I'm, I'm getting on a different road. Amen. I'm going the wrong way here. Come on. God says I'm, I'm delivered. He says I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. <laughs> now, so then it says, okay, so how do you overcome? Well, the first starts with the blood. So back to verse, what is it, 11? Is that what it is? Chapter 12 of Revelation? Is it verse 11? Let's put that up there. I think that's right. Am I right? Right verse? Okay. And they overcame him. Who? The accuser. Who overcame him? The people being accused. They overcame him first by the blood of the Lamb. Well, uh, pardon me, Ephesians 1 says, that you've been redeemed by that blood. So what you're doing is you're making a stand on based on your covenant and who you are. Somebody says, well, come on now. You can't just go around just saying, I'm forgiven. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You have to receive your covenant. The blood of Jesus, come on, it was a purchase price for you. Your redemption. And the devil wants you to say, oh, no, you got to earn it. You ain't no, you can't do enough good to earn what he's done for you. Just give that up. How about just receive, like he said. So it starts with the blood. I receive the work, my redemption, based on the blood of Jesus. The price that was paid for me. So it's like, hey, devil, shut up. I plead the blood. 
Now, somebody said, well, you know, that means we just do it. No, listen, you do that enough pretty soon, there's conviction now. Now it's like, well, you know, maybe I should stop that. <laughs> Every time I do that, I get on the wrong road. I'm just going to stop that. I plead the blood. I stand on the blood of Jesus. Amen. I've been redeemed based on the blood of Jesus. That's where it starts, okay? So now all of a sudden now, you got some confidence coming. Now that thing that dogs your tracks and always keeps you under ain't going to keep you under. Why? Because now you got confidence toward God. Jesus paid a price. I'm the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did. I am, I mean, I want you to know that I am, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God's favorite. Any other favorites in the house today? You sure that's the way it ought to be? It'll be God is on my side. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Praise God, I'm in right standing with God. Based on what Jesus did, all I have to do is receive the work that's been done for me. Okay, it starts with the blood. What's the next one? Okay, the word of their testimony. The word testimony, witness, um, report. Um, it talks about the word of their testimony. It means something that's got to be spoke back to Words again. Come on. So by the word of their testimony. See, the blood of Jesus basically is based on what's already been done. The word of their testimony is talking about what God is doing. So what's God doing? Well, I'm moving forward. I'm an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. Listen, talk redemption, not condemnation. Talk about what Christ has done, not shame. And guilt. Listen, if you, if you need to make something right, then make something right. The Word says if you repent, amen, the word repent in itself means to stop. Turn. And now go the other way. Okay, so if you need to. Because some people, you never know. <laughs> Just saying. Stop, turn, go the other way. What? Oh, it's that simple. So what you're doing then, see, is you're receiving, amen, a price. He says, if you ask for forgiveness, the word says if you repent and you ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Whoa. Well, who wouldn't want in on that? Right? So what, what happened now? I got myself on the right road again. So what are you going to talk? What, what's, coming, what's, the, what's the report coming out of your mouth? Now, the children of Israel had an evil report. All they talked about, oh, it's so bad. Oh, I can't do anything. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, my gosh. But uh, Romans 10 says, who's going to believe the report of the Lord? Anybody else going to believe the report of the Lord? Well, I'm going to believe his report. So he says that in context, you got to get it working in your heart and coming out your mouth. So he says that report of the Lord needs to be coming out your mouth. This is what God is doing. Hey, hallelujah, I'm overcomer, I'm conquering, I'm taking ground. Praise ye the Lord. Somebody says, well, I thought that just meant, you know, giving a testimony in front of the church. 
Well, that's part of it, but it ain't all of it. And if you're going to give a testimony in front of the church, stop talking about all the junk. And then at the end go, bless his holy name. Talk about what God's doing, not about what the devil's doing. So that's a true testimony. Amen. So a good report. Come on now. Now granted, you got delivered. Praise the Lord. Say, I used to be, but I ain't no more. Hallelujah. Right? Okay, so by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Oh, gosh, you think you would have left that one out and did not love their lives to the death. Oh, wait, now, whoa, whoa, breaks. Hold it, preacher. Who's, nobody said anything about dying here. He did, totally did. <laughs> right? <laughs> huh? Put, put a couple up there. Let's, let's just kind of give you an idea. Put uh, Acts uh, 20. Put that one up. I think I gave you that reference. I thought I did. Acts 20, I think it's 24, I believe it is. Uh, did I give you that one or not? Did I not? If I didn't, I apologize. Acts 24. But anyway, Paul says this. None of these things move me. Well, what, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Paul? He said, well, you know, they come in, they tell me I'm going to die, but all this stuff's going to happen, all this stuff's going to go. If I keep moving forward, this is what's going to happen. He says, hey, none of these things move me. I have purpose to lay down my life. I'm going all the way. I ain't going halfway here. I ain't going just until the pressure's on. and go, oh, no, whoa, wait, breaks. Hold it, man. Right? I keep going. Are you with me or am I boring you? So you stay with this thing. Amen. Regardless of, regardless of the pressure, regardless of, of you know, what they're threatening with, stay on the right road. And you'd be amazed. It didn't say you had to die. It just says you're willing to say, I ain't moved. I mean, good night. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, that don't sound too bad to me. But for your sakes, as Paul says, I'll stick around and make sure we get the job done. Right. So we're not looking to check out early, and neither are you. As he combs the audience. Right? But none of these things move me. Right? Nor do I count my life dear to myself. Why? Because I got a race to finish. I got things to get done, a ministry to get done. I got a, I got a message, a gospel message to get out. So if I stay on the right road, God's got my back. I stay empowered. Did it not happen? They stoned him to death, the word says. Stoned him to death. The posse gets around him, prays over him, he stands back up, goes right back into the same city they stoned him. Couldn't you imagine? Whoa, man's like, yeah, baby. Yo, Tom. Hey, buddy. Hey, Joe. Hey, Jack. Hey, yeah, I'm still here, baby. Still breathing. Still moving. Now, I got a message going down here on the front of uh, the courthouse. You come on down. Well, you can hear my message. Do you think he got a little bit more attention? I'd say he did. Okay. Give me one more. Let's do the Hebrews 12, 2. Put that up there. Talking about Jesus, okay? 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, what, for the joy that was set before Him. Come on now. He endured the cross, laid down His life for you and me. Come on, because of the joy set before Him. Come on now. But it says something here, despising the shame or disgrace, what that means, okay, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. All right, now, the reason I thought this is worthy of mentioning, the word despising here means to disregard, to think against, or to not give it weight. Literally means to ignore it. Ignore what? The shame, the disgrace. Everything he went through, he knew every person that did it. He knew their names. He knew their backgrounds. He knew where they were going. He knew whether or not they'd receive him or not later. He knew exactly. He didn't assume nothing. He knew who they were. But he was willing, as part of laying down his life, to just ignore the shame and disgrace that they put him through. devil ain't got no hold. In fact, the scripture said he, he, he said he had to come back at another time when he had a better advantage, and he didn't have one, never did, until Jesus was ready to say, okay, I'm going to lay my life down. Had no hold. The devil had no hold on him. So, loving not your life, even unto death, regardless of the shame, the mistakes, regardless of uh, uh, the, the pressure the attacks doesn't matter. I'm willing to press on through, keep on going, stay on the right road, and not let the accuser have any place in my life. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Uh, why don't you all stand up? <clears throat> praise God. Did you get something here today? Yeah. appreciate you giving me a few more minutes on that. <clears throat> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, get on the right road, right? Father, forgive us if we've jumped over on the wrong road. We've allowed the accuser to, to dictate. We've allowed the accuser maybe place in our, in our life. Maybe we've somehow we've allowed him to have the, take that seat in our heart. It, was it wasn't what we wanted it. But maybe just due to not knowing, it happened. So, Father, forgive us for that, first and foremost. And we receive, we receive forgiveness. We receive your mercy. We receive the work of the shed blood of Jesus. We receive our redemption package. We thank you. We thank you that we can walk as the righteousness of God. That we, even though we've made error or mistake or even sin, that as we lean on you and trust in you, we walk free from that mess. And Father, we give you praise that as we follow you, we stay empowered. As we lean on you and stay confident towards you, we stay empowered and continue to grow and develop. For that, we give you praise.
Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.